Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? What's going on? That that was quite the intro. It brought me back. I love it. I love it. It's really funny because I wanted to see if I could still do it from memory, so I didn't practice it today. I was like, I just figure I'd get you on and just do it like the old days. Well, as you started, I was like, wait a second. That's not... What? <laughs> you know what show he's on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's like... Uh, it's crazy. I feel like it's uh, like a one night only, uh, you know, <laughs> reunion tour, you know, like the monster truck jams, like yeah. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's like uh, I, was, I was saying right before we got on and I, most people probably know that that listen back then is uh, I always kicked off right before the show with a coughing fit and it's mm-hmm. happened again tonight. So it's definitely a mental uh, mental thing. But uh, it was nice. It felt it felt right. It felt right, Vincent. Well, are you in are you in uh, smoke apocalypse like we are in New York and New Jersey? It's past us now. Um, what was it? Monday? Yeah, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday was really, really bad. I um, like I take the dogs for a walk and I could just you could just you could see it like in the sun. It was like, yeah, you could just see it's it like foggy and you could just feel it, too. And I like I've got asthma and everything like that, and I could feel it in my throat. It's like yeah, horrible. I've been nothing having a lot like of you, nothing like you guys, nothing like New York City. Oh my god! I've been having a I've been having a lot of trouble. Like I'm oh. all night. Like it just kind of sits in your lungs, and then at night you start having coughing yep. fits from it. Yep. I was yeah. like, it was funny because um, was it it was Tuesday because Tuesday I was sitting there going, you know, because I started seeing the alerts come up, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, everybody's just being a bit of a bitch, right? Like it's like, all right, we know it's smoky, big deal. And I'm like, it's not that bad. And I started smelling it with my windows mm-hmm. open. And I'm like, all right, it's not that bad. It's, I actually kind of like the smell of burning wood. Yeah, so no, it's like a campfire, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I would say that lasted about an hour. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, God, close the windows. It's horrible. Like, I'm yeah. dying in here. <laughs> it is it is bad. I mean, it's um, we had one other time really, really bad here. I can't remember what it was from. And I got, like, really sick for that. Like, my mm. like, like I, my all my glands th- uh, swole, got swollen and stuff like that. Yeah, my I had to go to the doctor. Yeah, badly swollen. Like yeah, last no, night. Last crazy. night was last night was the worst. Like I was coughing up like almost black tar. Like Wait, if you think I, about and it, I don't smoke. Sitting, right, right. But if you think about it, it's like sitting in front of a campfire, like with in in the line of smoke for like twenty four hours a day. You know? like, well, I drove up to Al's, so I drove up to Al's Wednesday, and you know the nerds are going to appreciate this, but I drove up to Al's <laughs> on Wednesday, and the overall atmosphere of the of the air and outside was so orange that when i looked at the nav on my computer on my car it looked blue because That's my it. eyes were so distorted from looking at orange 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 right. orange orange that when i looked at white it looked blue <laughs> that's crazy yeah no yeah. I, I believe it yeah the only other experience i really had with it was i lived i lived in georgia i don't even know if we ever talked about this but i lived in georgia well just off the coast of georgia for a year for work and mm-hmm. there were some fires in Georgia, and I woke up the next morning. I went aside, and it looked like it like it looked like it was winter. It looked like it snowed on my car because the ash had fall, like flown yeah. that far, and it was like western western Georgia. And I was all the way up on the like off the coast, so on the eastern side. It's crazy. It's it's crazy how far that stuff can go. I mean, that's what's amazing to me is the the distance that smoke can travel in, in the atmosphere and everything. I was looking at an air quality map today and like Delaware is like bright purple. Like, yeah, and they're looking at the numbers and it's like, I don't know what the number exactly means, but I know that anything above like 60 to 80 is really bad for you. And yeah. I, 
showed I even showed Kathy. It was, I showed Kathy this morning. We were at two sixty five, and it was like I don't know. It's like this is even safe to go outside today. Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying you should like avoid you go outside unless you absolutely have to. Right? I mean, it's. Yeah. I was talking to Beth yesterday. They actually let the kids go home from school early. And they were debating what they were going to do today because it was just a professional development day because that's how bad it was. It's wild. I, it I know, we're talking about this. Like I know we have I have listeners in California, and I know they're listening to this going, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now you're like, yeah, you, you get it. Yeah. 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 But I understand now. Like I was like, yeah. I always wondered like what they were going through. Like what is it like to be in the middle of that? And I'm like, I'm I've experienced it. Yeah, and, and I don't I'm want over to. it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it. funny. Um, when I was it's. It's all what you're used to, right? Because mm-hmm. like people in California probably can't imagine um, getting three feet of snow in like <laughs> right. 24 hours, right? You're right. And uh, when it was oh, it was the make the when I did the make 48 last year, um, mm-hmm. we got a tornado warning, and like all of us from the north uh, from the northeast, like me, Dre, Lucas, we we're all like freaking out. We're like, what? Should we get in the basement? They're like, <laughs> they just like kind of like smiled and gave us that like courtesy like giggle. They're like, this is nothing. And then like the next week I got a message uh, from them, from that, the couple that leads that. And they're like in the basement. They're like, yeah, another Tuesday night. They're just like, maybe just go down the basement for a little while and hung, hunker down. Uh, but it's all what you used to, right? Bring a couple bottles of water and go have a good night. Listen to the exactly. radio for a couple hours. <laughs> exactly. People, people around the country are very, very used. It's like when, you know, I was, I had friends in Alabama and you know, when they had an ice storm and I was like laughing, I was like, we right. drive in that you yeah. guys, you guys are like on full lockdown. We drive in that, but you know, then we get a hurricane and it's like that. And they're like, guys, what's wrong with you? Like, it's not even a bad hurricane. It's just a lot of rain. We're like, <laughs> exactly. Panicking. So, now that we've gotten the weather report out of yes. the way. Well, Everyone well, loves the when we talk yeah. about weather, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So you've never actually been on Digitally Creative. I have not. I have not. But you are one of the reasons that this podcast actually exists. Wow. Um, it is kind of cool to catch up with you. In fact, I was I, I love telling the story that the first person that I bumped into at um, um, Maker Camp this year was you. Yeah. As I was walking in, it was like of all the people I could have bumped into first, it was it you. Was, and it was amazing. I was literally the – Maybe it was Friday. It might have been Friday, but um, I was talking to Jimmy and his sister, who I just met. And mm-hmm. Jimmy was kind of talking about like our podcast that we had done a podcast and everything. And I mm-hmm. just kind of off the cuff was like, "Yeah, I'm." So, I, I, oh, he he asked if you're coming. I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's coming." I, I mm-hmm. think Saturday. At that point, I thought you're coming on Saturday, and then you, I think you switched it to Sunday. Yep. yep. Um, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I heard he's coming uh, Saturday. I can't wait to like finally meet him in person." And Jimmy was like. What? what? <laughs> like, you guys never you guys, met in person? <laughs> but it, it is crazy, and that it, I mean, I knew that, but it still took me took me back. Uh, t- it made me t- take a step back and be like, "Wow, the amount of hours and conversations that the two of us have had two, to have never two met hours, in person two hours a week over the course of two years." Yeah, it's like it's, it's crazy. hundred. That's two hundred hours of chatting, and we never met in person. <laughs> never met in person, and and Jimmy, it was like blew Jimmy's mind. I'm like. But you kind of get it. Like you didn't, I mean, I guess you had the 100 episode, you know, yeah. of their podcast, but it is, it's just funny that you can have, I, I guess that's this day and age too. You can have those friendships and those connections and never meet someone in person. It's too bad, but, but it was, that was literally one of the highlights of that weekend for me. And it was a weekend full of highlights. So it was like, it was amazing when I saw you walking up. It was just, it was, I, 
it was a special moment i wasn't sold on going i'm not even gonna lie i really wasn't sold on going and if it wasn't for keith i probably wouldn't have gone yeah but he really was very very he's a good salesman for maker camp honestly i feel like i feel like they should hire him Mm -hmm. and put him in the pr department for maker camp because the guy made it sound like the best day ever and I was going to go on Saturday, but then I found out that Meg and Chris from Onyx Designs were not going to be there until Sunday. And I'm like, all right, I'll go Sunday. And I am so glad I went. I had the greatest time ever. I did not do a damn thing other than meet people, other than, you know, rub elbows with people and say hi to people and get my picture taken and get 3D scanned, which is why I have. I know. I saw that. I love it. I'm so (laughs) jealous. No, it's it's funny. it's i mean that's again that's what these events i think for a lot of us are is Mm -hmm. is meeting getting to meet or getting to hang out with the people that we interact with so often but never get to see in person and i think maker camp is if we're doing a sales pitch for making it but um i think that's maker camp has really become kind of like a family community it's really and i think a lot of that goes to austin too i give austin a lot of credit of just kind of creating this environment where you feel like family um i mean so i, t- I taught the class that at maker camp but then i taught the class in february and it was the first like winter class and you know it, was just, it, was, it wasn't a huge class but it just it wasn't even like i was teaching i mean you know i, I still i get i got nervous tonight i still always get nervous for anything like this right any kind of t- time i'm talking and i think it's you get nervous when something matters you're like me when, you right. Get, right that's because it's important when you it's important do it exactly well. and i care i right and so I was super nervous about teaching the class because that was the first time I taught in person was Maker Camp. Like first wow. time I'd ever taught in person and really first per- time I taught to directly to people and not just on videos. And you think about it, you know, I was talking to Bettina. It's like, she's like, you you teach all the time. Like you make a lot of videos. Like, you, you know, you can do this. It was a mm-hmm. pump up. Um, but it's, it, it's different when you're standing in front of live people, right? Um, yeah. But I don't know where I was going with that. But it was just... Oh, so I was just nervous and it's just, and I was super nervous for the class too, because all of a sudden now the class was all these people came like maker camp was people came that were signed up for, they came to maker camp mm-hmm. and I was an offshoot of that. I was one thing that they did that weekend. So it wasn't right. like if I bombed, they, I wasn't ruining maker camp. Right. 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 No one was going to go. Ethan Carter just killed my whole weekend. Right. Why did I do this? But like the, the, <laughs> the intensive weekend classes, I felt like these people are paying a, a, a good amount of money mm-hmm. and, and taking, a, and taking a weekend out of their time to come and learn from me. And I'm like, as you know, and, and this is, you know, it's, it's, I always get in trouble for trying, pretending to be my, I'm not pretending, but like not feeling like I, Oh, uh, imposter syndrome. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Like I'm, I'm not a, I'm, like I'm not a master leather worker. I'm not, you know, I'm not someone that does it. I have be, like I've learned over the time, and I do all this stuff. But I'm not like an actual. I don't consider myself a leather crafter. Like I don't know, I, I'm a leather crafter, but I don't consider myself an expert. Right, you're not an expert. Okay, I'm, I and can, I'm not, and I'm not, and I don't I think, live with that. Yeah, I'm not an expert. So to have people coming to a leather working class. I felt really nervous about what, whether I could deliver, but the environment that Austin creates through that, I think is a really like welcoming uh, environment where it's just kind of, you're coming there and we're hanging out and we're learning while we hang out. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that is also the maker's camp. It's not supposed to be this 
um, come see celeb your your favorite like YouTube celebrities. It's come come hang out with everyone, and they'll they'll be there as well, right? So, well, I, I think know. I think the one thing that Maker Camp shows, and you know, we'll talk you know talking about experts versus yeah. people who are just really skilled and have a wide range of knowledge, is that there is a lot to be gleaned from people who haven't reached expert Ex level. A hundred percent. Um, cause nobody, nobody that taught anything at any of the tents is an expert in the field. Right. Right. They're very skilled. There's a lot of very skilled people with very specific skills, you know, like Liam Neeson and taken, mm -hmm. um, he, they have, people have a very specific set of skills and they're willing to share them. Right. You don't have to be an expert to share what you know. Like I right. can teach people a lot about a lot of things, and I'm not an expert in anything. I wouldn't consider I, myself an expert at literally anything. And I don't think but, I ever want to be either. I mean, that's the thing. I think that's part of this community. I mean, if if I think I'd probably have spent gotten bored with it and mm -hmm. spent too much time if I became an expert. That maybe that's a wrong way of thinking about it, but not really. That's the Bob Claggett way of thinking, right? right? He always talks about wanting to stay a generalist. He doesn't want to be he wants to be competent at a lot yes, of things, but exactly. he doesn't need to be an expert at anything. But I think that's also to your point, I think that's also something that Maker Camp and Austin and everyone realizes that you don't have to like you mm -hmm. have knowledge to share and there's actually knowledge in there's an experience to learn from someone who isn't an expert because right. it's they're more they're closer to your learning right you're sure they're closer to where you are so they can kind of explain and it hasn't been that long since they were where you are right, right. they understand exactly. what it's like to be new to something whereas somebody who's been doing something for 20 years is probably a bit disconnected from that initial dive into you know the skill pool and learning something new it's not something that they're used to Absolutely. And, e and even when I started doing that class, I mean, I mean, when I started, when I taught the class at Maker Camp is I forgot how much I had learned. Right. And I think to your point, if you're an expert, you're even further removed from mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I remember saying, I mean, I think I kicked off every class being, basically being like, I'm going to show you how I have learned and done things. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't do the quote traditional or correct way. And I will, but it's what works for me. And sure. I, and that's, and I'll explain why it, it works for me. And, I, and if I have the opportunity, if I, you know, if I do know that the, the proper way, I'll try to sh tell you the quote unquote right way, but there's a lot of reasons why I do it the way I do it. And I also think there's value in that. Uh, for of example, course. like, um, sti uh, stitching ponies, mm -hmm. everyone uses, I mean, a lot of people use the stitching ponies, um, and they are more efficient because you don't have to hold the leather and you can kind of go faster and stuff like that. But the reason, one of the reasons I got into leather work, which we've talked about a million times, I'm sure, but uh, got into leather work and why I kind of taught myself to stitch without a stitching pony is so that I could do it anywhere so that I right. could, I could, you know, I've always talked about, I, I quit at 4.30 on a Saturday and Sunday. Like that's my cutoff so that I don't, I don't become the guy that never spends time with Bettina. And so I come up, so, but that allowed me to keep working so I could stitch upstairs while we watch TV and right. spend time with my partner and not have to stop working, but also not, but also be able to spend time. So I explained that and I said, but there's a lot of reasons why stitching ponies are really beneficial. Of course. So, 
And so well, if you're it, doing a bigger project, if you're doing a very big project with a with a big piece of leather, which tends to get heavy, yeah, you're yes. not going to do handheld stuff. But if you want to yeah. take if you want to take a um, one Coasters wallet and... that you want to finish yeah. while you're at the Cape on vacation for a weekend, exactly. Like, then you do it Ethan Carter style. I think one of the things that endears people to your videos, and you know, obviously you've blown up since you were on the podcast. You know, I remember when you hit five thousand people on Instagram. You're at what? 60 something now you, no i'm I mean, at 47 47 something but 47 so it, you're basically 10 times the man you were when you were here um but one of the things i think that endears me to you and endears other people to you is they watch you doing it your way and it's like because mm-hmm. a stitching pony is not cheap mm-hmm, right. right and if you're of the mindset you know stitching ponies are not cheap Leather tools are not cheap. None of it is cheap. Leather is not a cheap hobby, right? Right. But there are places that you can strategically save money. You know, yep. instead of a stitching pony, if you're doing all handheld stuff, you can use a squeezy clamp, you know. Or a, a parallel, or what are they called? Parallel clamp? The wooden? Um, yeah, the, the hand, a hand clamp. The hand, hand screw clamp, clamp type. Yeah, those, those are basically yeah. stitching ponies, right? Right. The, and And... You know, but you are one of the few people in the leather space as the leather daddy. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, but you're one of the few people that actually does it that way. Yeah. So you're you're kind of turning people on to something that they may have thought was prohibitive. I know that Grant tells the story, you know, when he was trying to buy um, um, stitching chisels mm-hmm. and you actually helped him find a cheaper set that was just as good quality. I know that yeah. when I wanted to get a slightly better one than the one that came with my cheap Amazon set. You told me which one to get. Yeah. You know, I think all those kinds, all those kinds of things are the kind of things that people, yeah. Experienced people are like, no, I'm just going to buy, you know, one $200 stitching chisel. And it's like, okay, that's great. But you know, what does the guy who wants to dabble do? Right. And your advice, your advice to me and to pretty much everyone that's asked you is just get the set on Amazon. If mm-hmm. you like it, figure out what tool doesn't work for you and upgrade that tool. But yeah. most of the tools in that set are probably going to be fine while you're learning. Absolutely. And it, it's funny. One of the things that I also learned, I learned from teaching the class. Like It's funny because it's one of those cliche things. I think I learned from the teaching the class just as much as anyone learned from me, right? So mm-hmm. I watched everyone and I... learn what people struggled with and it was the the stitching chisels um the end result you can have the cheapest set of stitching chisels the end result will be the same right it's what make it's the how easy it is to use and and how enjoyable the experience is right so that's why you spend more it's same with like most a lot of tools right it just makes it a lot of things just make it more efficient and more enjoyable but the you, you can get the same quality a lot of times. It's just harder to get there. Was there anything that anyone, when you were teaching the class, was there anything that anyone struggled with that actually surprised you? Like where you went, ah, oh, didn't expect that to be a thing. Like, but it kind of like, did, did you yeah, teach a technique and they just went, it just wasn't like clicking for someone like, or That's and a really good question. Like that I mean, you? The, the, well, the big, so I'll start with the biggest hang up was getting the stitching chisels out of the leather. And that is one of the biggest like hurdles, huh. especially through thick leather. And yeah. that is one of the biggest differences between entry level chisels and three hundred dollar mm-hmm. stitching uh, chisels is the ease of getting it out of there. And everyone struggled with that. I mean, and it was one of the you could see it. You could kind of see them being frustrated 
and that was that was the uh, bottleneck or you know the 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 part aspect of making a wallet that everyone hated the most. Mm-hmm. And and so I recently just kind of uh, did a post about a way of making something that made that easier. And uh, and Keith uh, um, is gonna my buddy Keith. He came to the one of my classes. Um, he, he's gonna he's. 3d printing some i think if i you know i think i'm going to teach a class again hopefully and he's going to make some for makers camp but it was interesting to see everyone having the same kind of like frustration Mm. with getting the stitching chisels out of there but that's a really good question i think i don't know i think i'm not answering your question but one of the things i learned from like that i picked up on is how much people wanted to learn how to dye leather and Mm -hmm. i had never done that I, I mean, I still, to this day, I don't like dyeing leather. It's messy. It's hard to get really good consistency. <laughs> it stinks. Um, and you can buy it pre-done and it's going to look a lot better than I'll ever be able to do it. But mm-hmm. I, but in both cases, people really wanted to dye the leather. And so I made a con, I made it, that kind of convinced me that I need to learn how to do that. I, mm-hmm. there was a motivating factor where I needed to, like, you have to learn how to do this. If you're going to, be a leather worker or, and you're going to teach any kind of class ever again, you really need to know this skill. So that was another thing that I got out of that is it kind of forced me to get out of my comfort zone. And if you, if you watch my videos recently, I'm doing a lot more leather dyeing and I'm still not, mm-hmm. I'm still not great at it. Um, I'm, but I'm learning a lot. And in some ways it's exciting again, right? All of a sudden I'm a student again of trying to figure it out and learn and, um, try to make something better and everything like that. So what's the cool part of doing of working with something as big as like leather or yeah, what? There's broad, always right. there's always another thing to learn. Like mm-hmm. I I watch I we we've talked about it. I watched um, the YouTube channel Hans Atelier. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god! Like if you don't want to try leather after you watch that channel, then you're probably not interested enough. Like you watch the stuff that's made on that channel, and you want to dive right in and start making stuff. Absolutely. It's incredible what is made on that channel. And you see like every video is this beautifully shot epic documentary masterpiece. And every single video is different. They make a bag one way, then they make a bag another way, then they make a bag another, you know, they make a lot of bags and none of them are the same. Right. And it's, I love that there's so much room to learn and so much room to grow. And I also love that, you know, possibly the next the next Ethan Carter teaching experiment will involve some at least some minor dying. Like, yeah, no, definitely, no. It's I and I, it's exciting and it, it does open it up too to you know more variety. I can have more control over what it looks like and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the other thing too is like, and Grant Grant is a good example of this, and a lot of people are. But it's such a you don't have to be like I'm going to get into leather work to right to find leatherworking useful. I mean, he, you know, he's made, Grant's made um, wrapped uh, bike handles and, and, you know, he's made, you know, so it's, he's making the keychains for the podcast by uh, exactly. wet forming. You it's can like... do all these, you can do all these little things that are just complementary to your craft. I mean, I, I know there's people that make, you know, they specialize in cutting boards and custom cutting boards. And, you know, they have versions where, there's part you know, a leather like the grip part is made out of leather and it's just a very subtle thing but it's a it's it distinguishes their product versus another cutting board so sure. it's just yeah and i think that's also what's exciting about 
these classes and these types of things is because you can learn little some of the basics and and immediately uh incorporate them into your specialty uh you don't mm -hmm. have to become a master you can just you know dabble so and the results the results from 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 dabbling yeah are usually pretty damn good like i feel like that's what most people want to do though right right i think you know we I, I said it was the Bob Claggett philosophy, but I do think that it does fit the average person where they're trying to find where they're, where they want to be skill wise. Like what do yep. they want to learn? What is, how much investment do I want to make in learning how to, I'll give you a good example. I, I have been working and I've talked about it a few times. In fact, I have one of the pieces here that I did. Um, oh, yeah. I have been working very hard on getting better at hand painting. Right. Because it's been a weakness in my skill set my whole life. I sucked at it. And I've been getting much better at it. Like I can already see I'm seeing the fact that I'm getting better and you know, but do I want to be a master painter? No. I, I have no interest in that. Do I want to be competent enough so that when I have an idea, I can turn that idea into reality by being able to paint the product rather than having to figure out a way to 3d print it in color or something like like yeah no i'd much rather be able to just take a thing and go all right i just have to paint this now well and i think there's something re really rewarding too to something that you're not like that you're not good at naturally mm -hmm. there's it it's always rewarding when you are really good at something right of course ego we, it builds all of our egos up, right like you're it's just a dopamine hit if you're right? a natural right <laughs> if you're a natural at something it's exciting but mm -hmm. i think there's something also really exciting about getting better at something or getting better at something that you know you're not a natural at and right. I, to your point painting i think again dot like dyeing leather i would consider like it's not something i every anytime i have a success at it it's a really exciting thing even when it's not a it's not a, it's not a great result but it's a better result than i was expecting there's right. something to be there's some value in that where it's of really course. exciting you know that's I think that's I think that's what drives a lot of us as makers. I really do. I think yeah. that the ability to pick up a new skill and get good at it. Yeah. You know, and I do think one of the things that happens as you become a maker and I'm learning this about myself and I imagine you probably are also. It's not just a matter of getting better at one skill, it's learning how to learn a new skill. Like you yep. dump you jump into something and you see the failure. And it's yep. like, okay, I know all the failure points here. The next time you jump into something new, you're almost mentally prepared for where you're going to struggle a little bit initially. Yep. Like I've been working on, I, <laughs> I've been doing the weirdest things since I lost my job back in <laughs> November. And I have been, I've been working with a company on a product launch that hopefully will happen in the fall. I've been working on it literally since before I lost my job, I've continued to work on it and it's been a constant learning experience. I designed mm -hmm. product packaging for my prior company. Right. It's not something I'm unfamiliar with. Yet at every stage of the design phase for this company, I have hit a point where I'm like, how am I going to do that? Like, how yeah. am I going to do that? I knew how to get started with it. Like, it's like, oh, just block everything out and start putting, putting the graphics on. Just throw them on. Throw everything you want on the package on one side of the box, okay, now where's it got to go to make it look good, right? right? But I learned that because when I first learned how to do product packaging, I would design the whole package and then go, oh, I forgot to put this on the package. 
mm-hmm. and then have to basically squeeze something in afterwards. You know, like so if you people, put everything on there and subtract put everything on there, put everything on it right at the beginning, either gotcha. either directly on the outlines or somewhere on the artboard where you can't miss that it's sitting there waiting to be put into your layout. Right. And I learned that doing that makes it go so much smoother. Yeah. It's just so much easier because now it's like, oh, okay, I know everything that needs to go on. And what you end up developing over time is you develop an eye like, okay, I know I have about this much room. That's going to be too big. Like I can look at something visually and just go, that's too big. I can, I don't have to put it in the layout to know it's too big looking at it. And that's, Again, that's experience, right? But I only learned that because I screwed up so many times. You know, you get the product photo and you're like, oh, it's going to look good right here. Oh, God, it's huge. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right. And you designed your whole layout around it. It's like, well, if I make it smaller, it'll fit. And then you make it smaller and everything looks unbalanced and terrible. And it's like, I got to redo it. The proportions are wrong then. And yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's the experience that you pick up. And like I said, you learn how to learn. Yeah. You learn how to pick up a new skill. Yeah. Um, Funny you mentioned dyeing leather because that was the first thing I did with leather. I know you you did it before I had ever done it. <laughs> it's so weird, right? Yeah. And that's another thing, right? Because yeah. you've done thousands of hours of leather work. I've done dozens of hours of leather mm-hmm. work. And it's really, really funny to think that, you know, the one thing you struggle with is the one thing I jumped into first. And exactly. I had all the same struggles. Yep. I had all the same. In fact, my um my makers on zoom having coffee keychain i think that's the one i have or it might be the clamp one it's one of them whichever one it is mine is purple because when morley made it i told him oh yeah don't 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 make it it. don't don't make it don't dye it just send it to me plain i want to dye it i want it purple yeah and that's that's how i learned how to dye stuff i have 12 different colors of dye sitting in my in my craft room (laughs) yeah well but it's also funny there's so one of the things i've learned is one of the reasons I didn't like dye was I got leather dye mm-hmm. and I was using it on veg tan leather and the color was off. It just didn't look it's right. Splotchy. It dried it out. Yeah. Splotchy. It dyed it. I dried it out. And that was like one, probably my first experience. And I was just like, why am I doing this? I can just get it pre-finished, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it was such a roadblock. And then after, when I started to learn this, uh, when I decided I needed to learn this, I did more research and, Lo and behold, you should, you're not supposed to use leather dye on veg tan leather. Hmm. Yes. So you're, you use leather dye on chrome tan leather, mm-hmm. but you use pro dye on veg tan leather. Interesting. And it was a completely different experience. So I, they cost the same. It, I don't know why, whatever. Hmm. But uh, And I've had a couple people reach out and be like, you get, if you get, ever get like a green hint, like it looks kind of greenish. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong dye with the wrong leather, basically. That's wild. Uh, but That's it's complete. But like again, there's one experience where something that I thought I was doing right, and it just kind of turned me off from the experience. <laughs> it just like shut down. Like I'm done. Shut down. And right. But it, if I had I done a little bit more research, I would have had a much better experience, and maybe I wouldn't. Yeah. You know. So it's just. So are you excited? So you're excited now that everything you have out of leather is not going to be brown anymore. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. I can use all different colors. Yeah, exactly. I know. Well, I there must be something to that because I remember when my dad. I told you, my dad was much. Oh my yeah, dad was, yeah. Loved doing leather work, and yeah. everything he made was brown. I don't think the man ever dyed anything. I think the most, the closest he came to dyeing was the um that the darker brown stuff to just kind of 
tone the leather a little bit instead yeah. of having it that super bright stuff that you get on the hide. And I I think that it was the same thing for him. I don't think he liked doing it. That's why he yeah. never did it. You know, he would he would hand stamp everything, and then after he would hand stamp it, you'd see him go in with the with a dauber and a, the bottle, and you'd see him just wiping it off. And yeah, I always liked watching my dad do it. That's why it's funny when I met you. It's like you know, and you know, so you start talking about your process, and I watch your videos, and I'm like, oh my god, these are all the things I watched my dad do. Like, That's so all cool. All the yeah. stuff I watched my dad do. My dad comes up a lot lately. If you haven't figured that part yes, out, yes. but um, yeah. So no, it, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's. It, Again, dye is a nasty thing too. I literally it ate through a plastic cup, and now and stained my like workbench. And again, it's a workbench; doesn't matter. But I'm just like again, it's just like that's not an it's not an enjoyable thing. But it's not a toxic chemical. Why is it doing that? <laughs> right, exactly. Why did it eat through? It? Like I kind of was like it was kind of like when epoxy. Uh, there's only been a couple times where I've had oh. poured too much epoxy and you had a flash and haven't used it quick enough. And it like starts eating away and it's smoking and you're like, I don't like, what do you do? It's like yeah. melting. And yeah, it's, it was so like that. Hear, I'll tell you a funny story like that. So I was working on Al and I were working on this huge project that went out. Um, wow. Went out in April already. That was a long wow. time ago. Holy crap. And um, I was working with Montana, Montana gold um, spray paint, acrylic yep. spray paint, which by the way, I didn't know that was even a thing until yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I've heard of um, Montana, but I know Montana yeah. is like. I can see why people love it because you don't yeah. have to put a lot. It's really thick and it's great, but the problem is it clogs the button on the top uh, of the can like nobody's business. So the last, you know, every night I would take the button off the can and I would drop it in a cup full of mineral spirits so that when I went to use it the next day, it was already cleaned out. So when we were done with the project, I had kept that same cup of mineral spirits for like a week. And Al, not really thinking it was going to be a problem, took that cup of mineral spirits with all the buttons in it and put it up on the shelf. Well, one day he goes to take the buttons out to put it on a can. He lifts the top of the can and it, it comes off. It comes off the cup like the cup was <laughs> melted from the mineral spirits. It's like, oh, so good lesson to know. Red yeah. Solo cups don't like mineral spirits. You know, I mineral spirits, something that. we bathe in practically right. as makers. But, that's crazy i never would have thought that yeah it's like basically it does what acetone does to it just right. takes a little longer huh so, huh. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> one of those products. lessons learned yeah. right lessons learned yeah exactly so you have you know i joked i joked before about you you know kind of blowing up a little bit but you really have like it's been amazing to watch your growth since it, since you left the show and i was just wondering what do you attribute that to and how does it feel to kind of like you're you're hitting the stride. You're hitting the stride that you were really working hard to hit. I know the work you put in. I know the effort that you put into your your Instagram account and the amount of love and attention you give to the projects you put on and how much thought you put into it in advance. All that stuff. How does it feel? To, do you feel like you're finally getting a little bit of the payback that you've worked so hard for? It's it's. I appreciate that. First of all, thank you. That's I mean, super kind. I, it's. Yes. So it feel, it feels good, but I will say this. It was, it, I blew up and it was like a six month blow up. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I'd like to think that everything I do is amazing and should go viral, but, uh, but that for those six <laughs> we months, we all like to think that yeah, we all like to think <laughs> that, um, there was a six month period where basically I couldn't do wrong. Like it was just one of those things. So, so I'd have a post that would do like, 
a post that would do insane and then i'd have my like worst post would do like get like twenty thousand views i mean i'm talking like twenty thousand views was like a garbage post for me mm-hmm. at that at, during that six month period mm-hmm. which is which before that you know was insane that would be amazing right. you'd be jumping for joy <laughs> absolutely so it's and then so and then that stopped and i had a six month period where i wasn't uh i wasn't I wasn't growing at all. I, literally, I would lose followers every day. Not a ton, but like 10 followers every day. And it was just like a slow death, you know, uh, death by a million cuts or whatever the saying mm-hmm, is, right? Mm-hmm. And it literally, it was like six months of that. And and then recently, uh, like, you know, I was talking to people that have, have been doing really well, like Morley and, and Grant has, you know, Grant had a good, had a really good streak recently. And I was talking about what they were doing. And, you know, they were saying basically like what was working for them was you know reels with a nine by 16 with voiceovers and using captions and i started doing that and and at the same time and i hate the fact that i have it but like you know i got the blue blue check mark which i think is so i i hate the fact that everyone sees that i have the blue check mark because they know i pay for you know but it was one of these where i was just six months of of that slow creep down really Mm. kind of like I was like, let me try. I want to try different things to see if I can turn it around. So all, all that's being said is I think there's some of, I, I don't think you can blow up or do really well if you're putting out garbage, right? Sure. I don't, th- I don't think that, I don't think you're ever going to do really, really well if you're putting out garbage. Mm-hmm. But I will say that there wasn't much of a difference w- from what I was doing before that six month boom. And then much of a difference between that six month, like slow creep down so the and guy in the basement rolled over rolled, rolled over uh, the, exactly rolled over exactly. the tube and all of a sudden everything started flowing again <laughs> exactly and, and i've always said it you can't you can't uh complain about the the bad times if you don't like acknowledge the good times when things are going really well mm-hmm. and i really struggled with that because i didn't want to complain about it um about the you know about the slow creep down but it, it, it it's hard not to it's just frustrating when it, it's just frustrating like you can't well, he, it's we're also, humans it's, it's partially frustrating you know jimmy was talking about it this week on making it and he was talking about how you know he's kind of given up on you know trying to figure out what the algorithm likes and what's going to serve because he feels like and he said it and i was like i completely understand he said he feels like he has no control over it anyway Right. So he's going to make what he's going to make. And he'll, you know, if somebody gives him obviously good advice, he's going to roll with the good advice. But in general, it's out of your control. And I think it, it, a lot of people yeah. think it's in their control. And, and it's, it's just it, not. And, it, and it's not because exactly like I never experienced the highs and lows mm-hmm. like I did in that 12 month period because mm-hmm. it was it was amazing. It was fantastic. It was such a great feeling putting it out there. And I felt like I mean, it wasn't I didn't feel like I wasn't earning it right i was mm-hmm. still putting out quality content um but i was also doing it on my terms where again uh, i've said this before but i i went to the pl- you know the rule of thumb is you should post every day you know l- consistency every day variety of like mediums po- you know reels um stories you know carousels all those things that that's the and i did that for a little really little amount of time and i just hated it It wasn't what mm-hmm. i wasn't didn't make me happy so i decided right. i was like you know what 
I'm going to just do what I enjoy doing, which is putting out a full start to finish video on a small project and, and having it be somewhat like a fun project or a fun creative idea and hopefully showing some techniques and some teaching moments throughout that. And that's what I'm going to do. And so I did that. And for six months, it, it was, it worked great. Like it mm. worked fantastic. And when it stopped and I was creeping down a little bit every day, even when I'd have like, I'd have posts, Vincent, that would have all the metrics. Like if you looked at the amount of saves, the amount of likes, the amount of comments, the amount of shares, everything would be like, this post should do well. This is, it's, it's everything this post is getting should signify to Instagram that this is something that people like. And it just was shown to no one. And again, that's out of my control. I, what I struggled with was I don't want to do, I don't want to just post every day. I don't want to post things that I don't want to post just to try mm -hmm. to change that because that's not who I am. Like, that's not right. what, that's not who I, that's not, that's not very, it's not good. fulfillment. That's it's not, not fulfilling. fulfilling. I, yeah. it, I, I, it didn't make me happy. So I did it for six months. I kept doing what I was doing. I think the difference was, is that when I talked to Morley and, and, um, and, um, Grant, Grant, thank you. Um, was that what they said was something I could incorporate into what I'm doing already. So all I had to do, so this is what I switched when I talked to them is, I, I still hate the nine by 16 format. I think it's mm -hmm. gar I think it looks bad because you got text over everything. I just hate it. So what I do now, and uh, it, hopefully Instagram's not listening, but what I do now is I literally do my videos in the four by five. And, and then you put them on a nine by 16. And then I, re I, right, I bring it back into the editor and put it in nine by 16. I noticed you did that. I'm like, yeah. there's gotta be a reason he's yeah. doing this because yep. there's, and then, I, and then I added voiceovers. I added voiceovers into captions. And it, in some ways, it's actually got me better because, you know, I hate doing voiceovers. It's not my, like, a natural thing. It takes me mm -hmm. too long. But I've actually gotten better at it because I do it every week now. Like, I do mm. on sh and short videos. So, you know, it's, but it's that repetition of, sure. you know, what some when I do a YouTube video with a voiceover, sometimes it would take me four or five tries to get the get that, like, one little voiceover thing right. Oh, and yeah. so you got to get so, your reps in you got to get, yeah, your, reps you get in. your reps in so yeah so i'm like somewhat tricking the system i guess but not it, really yeah but i mean not if it, it's still working so i mean you know what it is you know what it is i think i don't think people realize the technical limitations of nine by of nine by 16 include the fact that you're looking at a very narrow field yeah of what like if you're trying to show somebody how to do something you have that much space to do it in yeah. And one of the things I learned when I was doing, even when I was doing the reels, because I just stopped doing them for the show because they were doing, they were taking a lot of time to find a couple of like short pithy clips that I could do in 60 seconds and put up. And it was like, I could be spending this time in much more valuable ways exactly. than that. Right. Yep. But even when it's just talking headshots, framing something in nine by 16 is really freaking hard. And yep. I don't think people appreciate how hard it is until you do it. Like yeah. I would have, I'd have a shot if, you know, you, you know, you're sitting there talking, you know, and then you move like this. Yeah. It's like, well, there we go. That ruined that shot. Like, all right, if I want to learn how to do motion tracking in Adobe Premiere, then I could keep you in the frame. Otherwise that shot's not going to work. Go find another one. And it's well, very you're, restrictive. And you're, and you're right though, too. I mean, that's the thing is even if, if I shoot the video in vertical or horizontal, the, the second you are doing nine by 16, you have no wiggle. Sorry. There's no width. 
there's no, no wiggle room, right? Mm-hmm. If if you're but if you the four by five, there's a little bit of like you can you know there there's some movement that you can do. Sure. Um. So well, I did. I learned it. I learned it. So I did a um. I was working on a resin project, and I had some leftover resin, and I turned it into a glowing rose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. When I decided I was going to do that, I'm like, I am going to film this in nine by sixteen. I'm going to do this the way you're supposed to do it yeah. for a TikTok. Yeah. And I'm going to do it that way, and I'm going to see what it's like to work that way. Do you know how much reframing I had oh, to do horrible. to make it? I'm sure. Yeah. visually appealing for yep. for instructional purposes or yep. and it wasn't even an instructional video it was just i wanted to show the process i was like no nah, i'm not doing this like that was the last one i did i'm like, i'm not doing this this is this sucks i don't want to yeah. i don't want to do this yeah you know it's it's and it's, it's not even limitations that we're putting on ourselves or things that we're not happy with it's just it's not it doesn't feel i mean clearly it is but it doesn't feel worth it you know, well, it's like it's the catch twenty two of it doesn't feel worth it, so I don't do it. But Instagram's mm-hmm. not rewarding me because I'm not doing it. So, but and that's and that's why I that's why I was like, all right, these are two things that I can't I can trick this I can trick the it into thinking it's a nine by sixteen, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to do voiceovers. And if those two things and that works with what I what you know I can uh, implement that into my process, sure. and I'm happy to do it. Uh, I'm not. What I'm not willing to do is put out just content for content's sake. And if that's if 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 it's going to take content for content's sake to, for me to grow on Instagram, I'm not going to do it. I just I, it, it's not worth it to me at that point. Is so it, it, yeah. I wonder if it's you know it's funny you say you don't want to do content for content's sake because I've noticed a lot of the people I used to watch that were like you know religious every week, mm-hmm. every week, every week. I noticed most of them aren't anymore. They're yeah. like, they're not, they're not like going months without an upload, but I follow, <laughs> I always joke about it because I realize how ridiculous it is. When I had Bruce on the show on episode, I believe he was on like episode three, three of this I think podcast. Three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was like one of the first yeah. guests I ever had. When I had Bruce on, he said he followed 500 YouTube accounts. I was like, five, how do you follow 500 people? I looked the other day, I follow 682 people on YouTube. And yet I follow them all completely. Like I watch yeah. just mm-hmm. about every video that everyone puts out on a daily basis. Kathy jokes with me all the time. She's like, you don't really watch anything but YouTube. I was like, not mm-hmm. really. You know, it's either I... YouTube, wrestling, or reality shows. Like That's pretty <laughs> much my life. That's what I watch on TV. Yep. And I'm realizing that a lot of people have realized that they don't want to put content out just to have a video out. And I think the YouTube algorithm is adapting to that because it's like, okay, we, they used to want you. You had to upload consistently, even if it was every, it was every week. Then you had to upload every weekend, and it had to be on the same day. Now it's like I don't think it matters as much. I think the algorithm has softened up a little bit on people who don't do that anymore because nobody's doing it. No, there I think are... I think now it's more it's more the thumb. I mean, thumbnails are have always been important. Thumbnails and and the you know title click through rate is click through rate is, click-through rate is I, I think, but I think in I hate that because I'm horrible at both of those things, but like that, I mean, I think that's part of it. I mean, those have always been important. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think now that I think those are King, I think to your point, right. I mean, Bob, Bob has talked about it a lot. They always posted, uh, you know, they always post their videos on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And, and I think last week or the week before he was like, 
yeah, we, then we looked at when our viewers are watching. And they're, and they're on, on Saturday. On sun- yeah, Saturday. On Saturday, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, so he's oh, like, okay. well, all right. So, but I think it, but I think, I don't think, I think he's, he's right in both camps. I think back when he's, when he was doing it, I right. think there was a reward to posting on Thursdays every week. And right. the algorithm has changed. That's not important. It's, you know, it's, I, it's post when people are going to do it and get that click through. I will say this though. I will say this for all the bitching that people do about the algorithm and the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I will say one thing and it's something I've noticed and I, I can't be the only one that's noticed this. The recommendations are better than they've ever been. I'm getting so, yeah. a lot of recommendations of new channels. I've followed a lot of channels in the last six months and the number of small channels mm-hmm. that I'm being fed is much higher than it used to be. Like I'm, I'm That's finding awesome. accounts that have like 1200 subs. Yeah. And by the way, 1200 subs, I'm not knocking 1200. subs. No, I think that's, that's right. awesome. Right. I think it's awesome to find those hidden gems mm-hmm. in seas of 75,000 reaction channels. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. um, in fact, I just, um, I had a guy email me, uh, message me on uh, Instagram a couple of days ago. And he was telling me about his, he was telling me how much he liked the podcast. And he has like, like 400 subscribers. I went to his channel. His stuff is awesome. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it's awesome. And I'm like, oh my God, like how did we get connected? I don't care. The algorithm somehow found fit to either show him my podcast or to show right. me his work, like whatever it did. Right. But look what I found. This guy's a gem. Like he's amazing. Um, and of course, of course, uh, it would be helpful if I mentioned his name right now, which, of course, I cannot mention his name because I don't have it handy. But um, <laughs> the guy is like, no, but he was great. And I watched his channel. I watched one of his videos. I'm like, this dude is going to just be like, remember when <laughs> it's very funny. Remember when we had Tyler Bell on yeah. and you and I said he was going to be the next big thing. Yep. And we, we said it and he hadn't really blown up yet. Mm-hmm. And now he's just exploring. He's on, I feel Ro- like- he's on the Roku channel. And yeah. uh, I love the David Picciuto was, he was like, like two weeks ago or something. He was, that was his thing of the week was Tyler. And he's like, I, I know, I, I know you guys have said it, but may- and maybe I should listen to your things of the week or your recommendations more because I know you said it, but uh, yeah, no, he's blew it up. And well, yeah, it, it is funny though. There's so, there's still so much though to like, um, I'm trying to think of uh, my mind of blanking. He's one of the biggest YouTubers. Oh, Mark Rober. I never yeah. seen a Mark Rober video, uh, even though I had heard his name mm-hmm. a million times uh, until until Bob did the collaboration with him, and then, and so now I've been watching it, and it's just like I like you get this it, guy right? puts out six videos a year at most, uh-huh. and w- I get it. Like he is such a it's so dynamic right his personality is so engaging like you can't not love him right and and at the same time he's teaching things and you know making you feel like you're getting smarter by watching a youtube video (laughs) and it's entertaining like it's just mind-boggling but i never watched his stuff even though i've heard his name a million times on the same thing happened the same thing happened with me with mr beast yeah like I never watched a Mr. Beast. I would never watch a Mr. Beast. Like, I don't care about this guy. And one day, YouTube suggested Mr. Beast. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just watch everything else on. Yeah, Yeah, right. Like, I feel like I've reached the end of the internet. Is this right? Right. So I'm going to watch Mr. Beast. And I, I was like, oh, I get it. 
<laughs> like yeah. I'm watching. It, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Is there? Are you going to walk away feeling like you just stated a you know you stated a Holiday Inn? No, you're gonna you're you're not going to be a whole lot smarter when you come out of a Mr. Beast video, but you're going to be entertained. Right. And it's like okay, you know what? There's something to be said for that. And I think once I stopped, once I stopped treating YouTube like a research vehicle. Yes. I feel like I started enjoying it a little more. Like I follow a lot of channels now where it's like this is almost the equivalent of trash TV, but I like it. <laughs> it I think you're right though. I think there's also that shift in YouTube. I think I mean, I, unfortunately, the the only videos that do anything for me are the actual like step-by-step how-to videos. Sure. But um but I think I think there is a shift in on YouTube right now where personalities and you're subscribing to the person i mean you look at david picciuto right he's mm-hmm. absolutely like 100 percent in on that now right he's he's he gonna sure do is. what he's gonna do he's not gonna worry about teaching he's not gonna R- worry about yeah. R- remember a little channel called i don't know evan and caitlin yeah yeah they exactly. have completely pivoted away yep. from being a project channel you're watching they do a project the project the project is the story but yep. you're not following their channel for the project. So my my litmus test is when I bring someone outside of our community to watch what I watch and see what their reaction yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kathy absolutely loves Evan and Caitlin. Yeah. Loves them. She's like, they're the greatest thing in the world. She loves Nerdy Crafter. She loves Evan and Caitlin. She likes um, Tyler Tube. You know, and I'm like, wow. Okay, so, you know, you and I look at the YouTube right. differently. So, yeah. like, when you get a civilian... Yeah, and yeah. then they start yeah. watching your YouTube <laughs> stuff. And it's like, cause I watch a wide enough variety where if you sat and watched everything in my feed, you'd get a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And I watch what she responds to and what she enjoys. Like I follow like five dash cam channels because yeah. I find them fascinating. She watches them with me and she gets aggravated. She gets upset. Right. She wants a right. dash cam in her car now. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's so awesome. It's so awesome yeah. to have that perspective and realize that, Hey, if I don't want to make project videos and I wanted to do vloggy style videos, I could, it may take a bit, but I could still find an audience for it, which is one of the reasons to bring it back to this show. Yeah. I am, it is the, the, the core of the show is people who are creative in the digital world. Okay. Right. But the reality is I just want to talk to interesting people. Right. Exactly. Like, right. I, I don't you, you necessarily want a, not an need an excuse, to, but you want a, an I don't mind that. I yeah. uh, for me personally, I'm almost more impressed now by just having someone on and just seeing how I can contort them to fit the definition of digitally yeah, yeah. creative. Like yeah. it's a challenge. Like, all right, shoehorn them in, buddy, but you're going to get them on the show. Like I've I've sent guest pitches out to people, and I'm like, hey, you know, I know you're in the food space, and I but you're in the food space on YouTube, and to me, that's content Digital. creation. Yeah. So I would love to have, and I've really just expanded the definition of digitally creative to content creators. Yeah. And part of it, part of it, and you know, controversial or not, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and, you know, say what you want about Joe Rogan, right? I understand that he's not everyone's cup of tea. I get oh, that. He's and I'm polarizing, not even, whether, but, whether you like, right. But here's the thing with Joe Rogan. And if you deny it, you are an absolute idiot. And I will tell you to your face, you're an idiot. The man's an amazing interviewer. Oh, yeah. No, no. You, no one could deny that. So he was talking and he was talking to somebody the other day. And this is exactly the kind of show I want to do now. He was talking to somebody the other day because Joe owns a comedy club in Austin now called the Comedy Mothership. He was talking to somebody the other day. He goes, you know, it's amazing. 
He goes, every time I'm in the green room and you bring somebody in, I don't know if they're a comedian, an actor, or if they just figured out like the double helix DNA and like map the human <laughs> genome. He goes, I don't know who I'm seeing. He goes, that's how many people you bring in and how many people you spoken to and how many, you know, and I'm like, that's what I want to be. Right. I want to be that. I want to be the guy that can bring anyone on and have conversations. You know, one of the things that wasn't I think, I think you can do that, Vincent, because. Uh, well, this is the thing, right? So when you were on, we weren't we weren't really getting, you know, peel back the kimono a little bit. But when you were on, we weren't really getting agent pitches for this mm -hmm. podcast. I get agent pitches all oh, the really? time. Nice. I get them all the time now. Like I get them. In fact, um, I had one recently. I won't put out who the person was that came on the show that was an agent pitch. But they they pitched me being on the show, and I'm like, that sounds amazing. I love yeah. the idea. I'll have you on. What was I going to talk about? I have no freaking idea what I was going to. I did not have a plan. Just went in. I'm like, have just get him in, have the conversation, let him talk about what he's working on, and then go from there. But it ended up being one of my favorite episodes because like, this was way outside the box of what I would mm -hmm. typically say yes to as far as an agent pitch. And... I want to do more of that. Like, it, yeah. you know, you were talking about dying, dying leather before. This is my thing. Like, yeah, yeah. no, th this show is my thing. So now I want to do more with this show. I, I think I, and I think, I think there's, uh, I feel like there's a lot of that going around and I, I'm mm -hmm. happy to hear that. I think there's a lot of like, do I want to, what do I want to be? Like, what do I want to do? Not what's going to work, but what do I want to do? And then how do I get work? And, right. And I think one of the good examples of this, and maybe I'm, this may be a horrible segue, but one, one of the people that has done that the best that I've, I think is Dan of Dan accuracy. Like, yes, I look at his channel and I don't think I really realized it until I thought about it. Re and it will, I, he did a thing recently about like he's he's done a couple uh vrbo like house tour or yeah. like tour yeah. things and he's like i think he got like a lot of like not hate but like a lot of like when are you gonna do diy projects when are you gonna do and he, his response was like listen i've been doing this for like 12 years mm -hmm. if if i'm gonna do, like i need this to be something that i'm like excited about because that's like, that's what I like. If I'm not excited about it, then you, you're not going to stick around anyways. And, and I'm not making it for you. I'm making it for the people that are here for me. And I think he, he, you know, he's another one that's just, he's made the channel for the people that like love him. He's made the channel about him mm -hmm. and whatever he does, people are excited to see what he does. Right. Like he's sure. a, you know, he, he can do resin projects. He can do house tours. He can do, um do unboxings see the thing with somebody like him and you know when you see how good he is and you know full disclaimer for those of you that are new to the program dan roto is one of my favorite human beings like yeah favorite artist you just an both. amazing human being yep. i love that dude he inspires the hell out of me he's been inspiring the hell out of me for years yeah but when you see how good he is at everything he does yeah. it's like why would you want him to only do diy projects exactly i want yeah. in his world for a minute like i listen to the podcast he does with his buddy um yeah and it's like uh, amar that's his name um amar, i listen yeah. to the podcast he does with amar and i love it is it relevant to me? I'm 20 no. years older than him. Probably right. not. 
Right. But in the end, I enjoy it because I want to live in his world. Like, even if it's only for an hour, an hour every couple of weeks when they drop an episode, I want to live in Dan's world. And And it's it's almost restrictive to tell these guys, like, I want you to to do more resin projects. Right. Because he's a human being. He's bored. (laughs) Right. Right. No, I think one of the things, too, that strikes me about him and a lot of the other people, like, I remember when we had him on the podcast, mm-hmm. I remember being like, and you had introduced me, so I wasn't super familiar with him, but I was like, watched a ton of his videos and stuff. And I was like, there's no way this guy, like, this is a persona. Like, this is a character. And he came on and I remember that. And then, like, as you know, like, uh, recently, I was super blessed to be able to, like, do a collab with him. And <laughs> it was the same experience, Vincent. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. like, there's no cameras, nothing filmed, nothing, like, it's that would Dan. anyone would know. It was just us texting back and forth. He is exactly, like, the same genuine person that he portrays himself as. I, again, Absolutely. I'm sure he's not always as energetic as he portrays. But he is that person. Like, there was, he was super... Uh, enthusiastic. I won't, I, won't, I won't say who it was, but someone reached out to me after I did that and they were like, uh, he reached out to do a collab. Like, what was it like to work with him? I'm like, it was the easiest thing yeah. ever. And like, and I think he said it in the video, but it was absolutely true. He like reached out and was like, hey, I've got an idea for a collab. Would you be interested? And I'm like, yes. I have no idea what it is, but I'm saying yes because you don't say no to that opportunity. You don't say and no to working with him, right? Exactly, exactly. It, it was, was so awesome. fun. I was so jealous. I'm not going to lie. I was, <laughs> no. I loved the video. I loved the project. I loved the whole thing. And I was happy for you. And it was just watching you. I was like, damn him. I know. Like, no, damn him. I felt the same way. Watching, like, I'm just like, what the hell happened? Right. I know. Uh, I know. I know. It was, it was like, crazy because he was one of the first people I had had. We had had on in a really long time where I was genuinely nervous. Yeah. yeah like yeah, I yeah. was genuinely nervous like because by the time we had jimmy on i had already met jimmy in person so as much as you know as important a person as jimmy Doresta is i had already met him yeah, yeah so there right. wasn't that breaking the ice and not trying to look like an idiot while talking to him thing but dan dan was a little different for me because dan you know if i if i had to the, the horseman of the apocalypse for me he's one of the people that makes me want to do more than just make cutting exactly boards. Like yep. he's the one that makes me want to go in my craft room right now. And I'm working on a very cool art project. He inspired it. There's two right. things I'm right. working on right now that he inspired. Right. And it's like, you don't get to meet people that inspire you that often. And I've had the privilege of meeting many people that inspire me. So yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool seeing you work with him. It was really cool seeing the project the finished project was absolutely freaking fantastic. It was, it was so much fun. And again, it was like, that's like, I like, that's what I wish I could be at some point. It's like, like him, like kind of like a, just a artist, like an artist in the, in the sense of like doing what you want to do. Like Jeff, screw it. Jeff nailed yeah. it. Jeff nailed it talking about him. Cause we were talking about how well he's turned pop culture into art. Yes. And, and a, it's like, he's better at it than literally anyone we know. And it's, it's crazy. No, I, I tried to explain it to like Bettina and other people. I'm like, he is like, think about, he's like a, a physical pop artist. Mm-hmm. Like think about Andy Warhol with, but like with fit, like making oh, things. Oh, mixed media. <laughs> mixed media. Thank you. Yeah, that's, exactly. a, yeah, yeah. that's the best way to put it. Mixed media. Yeah. He's a mixed media Andy Warhol. I really like that. I really like that. That yeah. is, that is him. Um, So we're at just about, I can't believe, but we are at just a hair over an hour. So um, I think it's time that we switch over and, 
I really can't wait because it's been a bit, but I would love to know, Ethan, what is your thing of the week? And if well, you're going to follow tradition, I know you know what the tradition is, so I'm fully expecting there to be two things of the week. <laughs> no, yeah, so I, well, so I was trying to think of what I was going to do. Um, I think my thing of the week is, it, I think probably most people that listen probably know her already, mm-hmm. but I just, I can't not give her a shout out and that's emily joyce i love the <laughs> the um price is right merry go yes that but i love that she calls it the sick day because that's mm-hmm. so right um so i love her work i think she, she is she's whimsical she's her work is impeccable and it's just so creative and i love it so much so that's she's my thing absolutely she's a yeah. wonderful human being honestly yeah. She's yeah. just a wonderful human being. I I would yeah. agree with that. And I love I do love that she called it the sick day because I always associated the prices right with sick days. So yeah. I, I do love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Emily yeah. Joyce, former guest of the show. I actually gotta get her on again. It's I know you do. It's been a while. I've been a minute. I, yeah, I mean I I broke bread with her family. So I know you went there, right? Time to have time to have her uh time to have her on again. Um All right. my thing of the week is an int- my thing of the week is an interesting one. Because I, I know we've talked about it. Well, I've talked about it. I think it was when Corinne Blackstone was on. We talked about 143 Vinyl started doing DTF um, transfers. DTF means direct-to-film transfers. So basically, they make you a transfer that you can put on your on your stuff, like shirts, hats, whatever the hell you bags, whatever you want to put it on. And it makes your shirts look super-duper professional. So if you ordered a digitally creative t-shirt you got it by now by the time this episode drops you have your t-shirts that is direct to film transfers i made all of those shirts i did not buy those shirts i did not have a company make them i made them um and it's an incredible technology so 143 vinyl with no minimum order quantity you can pretty much get transfers for anything that you can design on your computer so i sent ethan i'm going to put it up on the screen now but i sent ethan a um I there's um Kathy's friends are having a Fourth of July party, and when they told me about it, I was like, "Well, I am going to make the most goddamn America shirt that you could absolutely imagine, like epic peak America." So I I envisioned a wolf and like monster trucks and like fighter jets and explosions and guns and red, white, and blue. So I I started out with Mid Journey, just working Mid Journey for like two hours trying to get the perfect graphic. And I finally got something close and then I took it into Photoshop and adjusted it, tweaked it, fixed it, you know, drew over it. And then I put it in illustrator and added like um, a comic booky kind of starburst design behind it. And the word America in red, white, and blue, like it is going to be <laughs> the most ridiculously over the top shirt that you have ever seen in your life. And that's by design. I want it to be completely freaking ridiculous. Like so ridiculous. But I ordered the transfers from 143 Vinyl because they did such a good job on the on the transfers for Digitally Creative. So if you're looking to do something better than heat transfer vinyl, which is very good, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you're looking to do something more like full color, like professional graphics level stuff, or if you're looking to make your own merch, it's a lot cheaper than getting it done. Trust me. That's why I did it. Can you store like they basically store the image and you can just reorder no, no. Okay. but I think actually I think you can if you use their designer. Um, oh, okay. If you just All upload right. an image, yeah, then you're pretty much screwed. But okay, it's it's so good. Like it, the process is fast. It, the first time I ordered, it took four days. The second time I ordered, which is why the shirts got out so late. I just finished them this week. 
Um, I don't know what the hell's going on. It took them almost 11 days to get them to me. I don't know what the deal is. I imagine they're having, because they just started doing this, so I imagine there's going to be ebbs and flows in the process, but the quality is exceptional, and the shirts look really good. And plus, you can, you know, I don't want to knock anyone that uses Gildan shirts for their merch, but I will never use a Gildan shirt for my merch. They're Bella Canvas shirts because I'm a fancy man, and my <laughs> listeners slash supporters slash customers deserve a fancy shirt yeah so um right. check out 143 vinyl they already you know they have all the cricket stuff that everyone knows and loves but now they're doing direct to film transfers there's a lot of companies that do them but they have no minimum order quality quantity and a 12 by 12 transfer which is up to i would say that would reasonably work on up to a um a 2xl shirt um that's that size transfer is five and a quarter with no minimum order quantity and it's like eight dollars shipping flat rate it's it, awesome it's, it's a it's a no brainer. Like and if so you want to do this stuff, use, like you can use a Cricut heat press. You can use. Nope. I actually can we see it? Hold on, can we? No, wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah I see it. There it is. Right there. Yeah. I have the HTV Ront um, auto press. Yeah, and it just makes it so easy. You set it to three forty five, twenty seconds, and then let it cool. Put a Teflon sheet under ten more seconds, and you're done. And that that's the whole process. It takes it takes about three minutes to make a shirt and they look amazing. So, yeah, they do. Look if you guys really, love really your good. shirts. That's how they got made. <laughs> well, and I, you were saying earlier the the white part, the white background. Yes. So you actually get white as a transfer color. So right. when what they print, whatever they print for you, they print white behind it. So the color is sitting on white. It's not sitting on the shirt. So, so it's, the color is actually the color that you want exactly people gotcha. don't realize that that's a thing until they buy iron-ons and you put iron-on on like a yellow shirt and all of a sudden everything looks like sepia toned and that's because you're seeing the color of the shirt through the transfer these are opaque transfers when you put them on they are the color they are on the shirt it's it's brilliant and you could upload like any graphic file they could pretty much take anything you don't have to worry about mirroring none of that they just they do everything you just put so the file up there and it's ready to go so it's like even if i made my logo in a weird way that I work around that doesn't really work. And uh, I don't know what I'm doing and it just works. It Especially works. if your friend who knows illustrator really well, redid it for you in a clean way. <laughs> like that would, that would work really well too. So if you ever speaking of to shirts, Vincent, though, I just, uh... Oh, wow. I didn't know you. I didn't know you bought one. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I did not know you had one of those. I do. I do. For those of you listening, for those yes. of you listening, Ethan <laughs> is one of the first people. You, I mean, I only did a limited run of them. Mm -hmm. Wow, he has my my broken heart. Ethan, <laughs> getting all misty. Actually, you know, it's funny because the process was so good with the um, with this stuff. I'm actually going to bring those back because those shirts are American Apparel. Yep, and they are super nice shirts. Yeah, they're nice. And the Bella Canvas shirts are about the same quality. Yeah, I would say I would say so. That's I use the Bella Canvas for anything. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah. This one's Gildan because it was the only one I could get yellow at the time. I was in a hurry and I needed it for Maker Camp. This is actually the shirt I wore at Maker Camp. It's got my logo on the back because oh, yeah, I have yeah. to. I have to tell people like, hey, just find me because I don't know what you look like. So come tap me on the shoulder. I won't be offended. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, I might actually do that at Jimmy Speedway. I'll wear the, my digitally creative shirt, but um. Either that or I'll wear my America shirt with my wolf and my monster truck and my guns and my flags. And <laughs> it's amazing. I, one of my other favorite moments of Maker Camp is when we were talking about it. And I was like, when Chris Powell came up to me like really early on, he's like, 
hey and i'm like and, and like i knew i i knew exactly who he was but and, and you're like oh you didn't recognize the one the guy with the the guy with the big beard like walking around because main camp is like 100 percent. and as we were making that joke some other random person came up and they're like oh you're talking about me and he had a huge beard it's like <laughs> it's really funny because i literally made this shirt bright yellow because I knew no one would be able to miss it in the sea of flannel. Yes, and exactly. Man, did I nail it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. exactly what it was. It was a sea of flannel. Yeah. Um, I love I love Maker Camp. I can't wait to go back. Um, I can't. I'm assuming I'm going to see you there. So uh, I hope so. You'll yeah, at least be so. there as a civilian. So yeah, one way or the other. And actually, my parents might come. Whoa. I know, right? The Carters. <laughs> the Carters, the Carter seniors. They what? my dad, my dad is like made for Maker's Camp. Maker Camp. I mean, he's uh, you know, the ultimate forever learner. Um now, I mean, he's older now and everything like that, but uh yeah, they were like I was like you should come. And so they, I think they they might, but we'll see. Of course, the next event, the next event coming July 1st is um Jimmy Speedway. Um and by the way, if um, as you're listening to this, if you're coming to Jimmy Speedway, drop me a message on Instagram because I go. I, there's no way in hell I won't be there. Um, Kathy will be there with me, so whoever comes awesome. gets to meet her also. Um, but yeah, you're. I would love to know if you're coming. I know a couple of people that have, I've already asked, and they're like, "Yep, definitely going to be there." So, I'm well, and what? Is, so, what day is that? That's a, that's a Saturday. It's Saturday, Saturday, July first, okay. which I'm really, really looking forward to. That that's that's always a fun event. I've had I know, so I was much super fun jealous when you went last year. And oh, like, oh, last year, year, and the year before, like it yeah. was like it was my first. I'll never forget walking in the first time, the first year. Nobody was there yet. I was there stupidly early, and first person I met was freaking Jimmy. And isn't it weird about though? You. Like the first time you meet Jimmy is like, I mean, he's the nicest person. Meeting Jimmy's like the Kennedy assassination. Like yeah. you remember it vividly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, and all of a sudden, it's just like natural. Like it's just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, when you find out that when you find out that you're a topic of conversation when you're not in the room, that's a great yeah. feeling. That's a great feeling. You know what else is a great feeling? What getting paid to do this podcast. And the people that make that happen are Matthew Serio from Artigiano Serio, Big Al Schultz of New York Woodworks, Tori Decker from Tori Did It, Ed Swanson of Ed's Clocks and More, Jake Drews of Make with Jake, Megan Chris from Onyx Designs Woodwork, Christian Neary of Warren Works, Ken Madden from Mad K Studios, David Wood from DW Wood Builds, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Kim and Garrett from Kim and Garrett Make It, Rory Langefeld of RLL Woodworks and DIY, Robert J. Keller, Brian Arsenault, the Seven Hills Maker, Lars Coleman of Colorado Multicraft, Dave Bauer of Dave Bauer Art, Nick Birchtold of Birchtold Design Build, Donald LeBlanc of Fun with Woodworking, Jeremy Spies, Grant Alexander of the Clamp Podcast, Brad Harrison of Brad's Customs, and Billy Poulton of Poulton Projects. Thank you so much to everyone that supports this show, especially the people that just bought shirts. Again, if you ordered a shirt, you should have it by the time you hear this episode. Thank you so much. It was I'm sorry it took so long. It was out of my control. But as soon as I was able, those shirts got made and sent out. So I'm hoping you're loving them. And, you know, put a picture in your stories. Tag me in it and show me. If you can't support the show financially or buy a shirt, that's perfectly fine. By all means, leave a review, share the show, turn someone new onto it. Because every new viewer of this show is someone who I could potentially squeeze a few bucks out of. And I'm not (laughs) stupid about that fact. So thank you so much for doing that, for the longevity of this little podcast, which just keeps going. 
may it change Vincent, its name, but it's always there. <laughs> Vincent, can I? Uh, I did have a second uh, thing of the week, and that was Matthew, and I totally forgot that because Matthew is I he, one of the biggest community supporters Absolutely. ever. Absolutely. And uh, and he, I saw something today, and I that I made a note to have him be one of my things of the week. But mm-hmm. he's one of the things he loves to do, and I think it's amazing. Is he loves books and he finds mm-hmm. books and sends them to people. And I I was lucky enough to receive one of those, and I love it. I, I think that's such an amazing idea of like just sending people that that you're that are in this community something that they're interested in when yep. you find it for them and i love that he does that and uh matthew thank you yeah matthew's matthew's good people he actually sent me um in december he sent me a jewelry making book yep. that i was just reading through it the day he sent it and i was like man this is a dense book like this is there's a lot in this this is a perfect book for someone like me and i i really enjoyed it well he just he genuinely cares about the community and mm-hmm. and loves the community and i love that so also that that was one of the things that was going to be my second thing of the week but i couldn't remember it so so remember i was talking about a youtube channel i couldn't remember the poor guy's name which i felt bad about well i remember his name is cj booth b-o-o-t-h-e he's on instagram as m-c-j booth b-o-o-t-h-e and his youtube channel is cj's universe um this kid's going places. In fact, he's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. We've already decided that I'm going to have him on. Um, I want to talk to him a little bit and pick his brain because I love when young people are this cool mm-hmm. already. And he's he's good at what he does. And I really like I really like him. So um, if he, and he said he listens to the podcast. So my guess is he's hearing me talking about him right now. So CJ, I love CJ's your stuff, man. Universe. Yep, CJ's universe. Awesome. Subscribe. Um, he did a he did a video where he did um. He was building a cyberpunk city and then he did this really cool, these really cool shots from the car's eye view of driving through that city. Like it was just a really, just a great video. And he flopped in the middle of it. Like the whole thing just failed and he started from scratch and redid the whole damn thing. It's such a good video. Absolutely. Tell a a story. And I love that. Tell a story. Why don't you tell the story of where people can find you, my good friend? And because I think people, (laughs) I have a feeling, and I, I could be wrong about this. I have a feeling there's a lot of people that know who I am that know who you are. But for those rare folks that don't, where can people find you on the interwebs? I am on all everything as Ethan Carter Designs. So Instagram, YouTube, uh, except for except for Twitter, which uh, you don't want to follow me on Twitter because it's <laughs> I'm boring. But um, yeah, Instagram, YouTube, um, everything else, uh, TikTok. Ethan Carter designs. Excellent. Excellent. A worthwhile yeah. follow. And um, it's, it's been great chatting with you. It feels like old time. So it uh, does. It does. I, it makes me nostalgic. It does. I wanted to, I wanted to have you on. I actually wanted to have you on for the one year for the four year anniversary of the podcast. Yeah. But it's just, it was just like, it didn't work out your schedule. And I was like, you know yeah. what? I got a different idea. And I just ended up doing the state of the show. Um, yeah. And by the way, I, I should address the elephant in the room. I know content's been a little weird the last couple of weeks. I get it. And I last week, but last week I could not just do an episode without acknowledging Rebecca Cole. Like I, there was no way that that was going to slide by and you guys weren't going to get some kind of tribute episode for her because she was a very close friend of mine. 
and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I really wanted to make sure that people knew what she was like when, as I said in the Instagram post, which I don't even know if I posted the socials. I probably didn't. But I maybe in the description of the show, I actually said I wanted people to remember her at her best. And I think she was at her best that day when she was on the show. She was just wonderful and bubbly and turned people on and made people love her. And that's how I want her to be remembered. That's why I shared the show again. So I hope you guys listened. I hope you didn't just skip it. If you did, no guilt. Go back and listen to it. Go back. Yeah, go back. Go back and listen to it. It's a podcast. You can do that. Go watch it on YouTube. You can. There's visuals all over the place with the episode. So, um. I think that's going to do it. Ethan, it has been an absolute pleasure, buddy. Um, oh, man, have me on anytime. I, I, I love this, Vincent. Don't, it's... don't listen. The last time, the last time you <laughs> came on as that. a guest, the last <laughs> time you came on as a guest, I do believe I said, who knows, maybe one day you'll be co-host. <laughs> it, it was, it, it is funny. I still get people, I still get people that say that uh, they loved the two of us together. And to me, that makes me so proud because, as I've said a million times, I could never have imagined myself being on a podcast once, let alone for a hundred <laughs> plus episodes. And I give you all the credit for that. And uh, I just, I just feel blessed that that was a thing that happened to me. Um, and I, I think I grew a lot from that as well. Mm-hmm. And so, as always, I really appreciate you taking a chance on on this stumbling word person <laughs> stumbling word person exactly that's exactly right stumbling word person I that, love it. <laughs> slash leather daddy um well, yeah so thank you, you li- for that if- vincent and thank you for having me on again it's it's it, it really it was a it was a very important and special thing that uh that we got to experience together um mm-hmm. and it's something that i don't take for granted and i think i grew a lot from it and i appreciate that from that alone i appreciate but i also got to meet a lot of amazing people through doing the podcast with you too so well i'm just gonna put this out there and i said it on the state of the show and i will say it to you because you're right here in front well in front of me at the moment you can actually see me though i can actually see you um i will say it to you today in person this show would not exist were it not for ethan carter like you were pivotal to this show being as important to people as it was and just because you're not on it every week don't think that i ever forget how important you are to this show still being around how important you are to it having the reputation it does and how important you are to you know my own history as a podcaster um and i will you are always welcome to come on the show if you ever have something you need to promote you ever have something you want to sell if you're ever homeless and I'm not, which who knows how that might go. But um, if you ever, you ever need anything, you know, you, I'm just a phone call away and I'm always there for you. And I appreciate everything you've done for me over the years. Cause I don't get a chance to tell people enough that I appreciate them. So I appreciate you and everything you did for me and for this show, because like I said, it wouldn't exist without you. It just wouldn't. There's just no way this show would have probably been over in six months but it ended up lasting three years with you and it was good three years and it's still going. So you always have a place to pop on if you ever want to have a chat. Um, I'm sure people listening to this are going, Oh my God, come on guys. Come on guys. Come on guys. But yeah. Can we stop it before we cry? Both going to start crying. (laughs) It's not like I've ever cried on the podcast. before. That's never happened. 
anyway, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for listening, watching, or however you consume the show. I really appreciate it, as always. We'll be back again next week. Do I know who the guest is? Do I ever know who the guest is? 90% of the time, I have no idea. I'll either be talking to someone or I'll be talking alone. But I'll be talking next week, and I hope you'll be there to listen. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Thank you.